Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Persis Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to um, go over a subject matter that I think is very important for all believers. And that's the issue of heresy. H-E-R-E-S-Y. Heresy. And what heresy is, uh, you often find it in Bible commentaries and um, even in uh, a lot of Christian literature, uh, heresy talks about a dissenting opinion or argument uh, that's perhaps contrary to the accepted doctrine. So let me unpack that again. Heresy uh, or heresies are teachings that's contrary to accepted or already existing biblical doctrine. So uh, any teaching that goes against a settled doctrine or accepted doctrine that the Bible uh, already talks about is heresy. And so heresy needs to be avoided like the plague. Heresy uh, needs to be avoided like it was COVID. Heresy will take you further away from the will of God and not bring you closer. So when we stumble upon heresy, we shouldn't play with it. We shouldn't flirt with it. We must avoid it like it's the plague. And that's what heresy is. And so the Bible warns us about ideas pedagogies, ideologies that are contrary to the teaching of Scripture because the devil uses falsehood to uh, take us further away from God's will for our lives. He uses falsehood through bad religious teachings to keep us away from our destiny. The Bible will use falsehood that sounds good, but in reality is loaded with cyanide. So we as believers, we must be uh, individuals that walk circumspectly, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us in God's truth. And we talked about what truth is. Truth is telling something like it is. Or on the academic level, many of us say truth is that which corresponds to its object. So truth is telling something like it is. If a statement is made, it must match up with reality. If an argument is made, it must match up with reality. Truth claims can be substantiated by taking the argument or syllogism 
and comparing it to the word of God. So if someone says X, Y, and Z, we must be able to find the biblical principles in Scripture. And if that statement does, uh, can't be supported by Scripture, then it's not true. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5. And Paul says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. No, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. No, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So I love this passage because Paul is using uh, war imageries. And what he's telling us is the real battle is not in physical artillery. It's not in the use of the fist. The real war is happening upstairs, meaning mentally. The real war exists in the nuos. That's what the Greek calls the mind. The real war is dealing with the brain, the CPU of humanity, how people think. That's where the real war occurs. Before an act is fulfilled, before um, someone does anything, they first get a thought. And if that thought is righteous, then righteousness will be produced. But if that thought is unrighteous, if that thought is wicked, if that thought is tainted, then you'll see evil. You'll see sin produced. So when we hear people walk up to the state capitals and demand certain legislation that are contrary to the will of God, we have to do whatever we can do to combat that. And that's what Paul is talking about. So when people are saying that uh, we weren't created by God, we evolved out of a primordial soup uh, through natural selection, we have to stand up and combat that. When people say that uh, Jesus did not rise up, uh, that he was just a mere man, we have to rise up and combat that. When people say the Bible uh, is corrupt and can't be trusted, we have to stand up and combat that. And you may be saying, why do we have to give a reason for the hope that lies within us? Because the Bible tells us to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. That is our charge. That is our commandment. So as Christians, we're pulling down strongholds. We are pulling down strongholds. We are meeting people where they at and offering a biblical uh, perspective on all subjects. You name it, 
Christian ethics must exist. This is why we have all of these great men and women of God who have uh, stood up to defend the faith from St. Augustine to, uh, uh, to uh, Tertullian and to uh, Irenaeus and to Eusebius uh, and to uh, contemporary apologists like the late Dr. Norman Geisler and Walter Martin and, and you name it. God is calling on all of us to be able to give a reason for the hope that lies within us and to do it with gentleness as well as respect. So we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And there's this notion, this notion that we as Christians are not thinkers. If we knew the history of humanity, we would see that God used powerful individuals to defend the faith, even since the first century. Paul was an apologist. John was an apologist. And John's student, Polycarp, was an apologist. So Christians have always come from a line of thinkers. And the reason why I bring, that up, bring this up because there are people who actually believe that being a Christian disqualifies us from being intellectual thinkers. Where it's the opposite. Being a Christian make you the best thinker. Because you're not only dealing with faith, you're also dealing with science. You're not only dealing with science, you're also dealing with reason. So we as believers, we argue for God. We are demolishing all these false narratives. We are demolishing through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's allowing us or using us as conduits to make right what's wrong. So when we see um, all of these promotion of polytheism, we have to allow God to use us to demolish it. When we see the false narrative of a family unit, we have to allow God to use us to demolish it. When we see uh, the promotion of hate, we have to allow God to use us to demolish it. So whatever we see that's contrary to the will of God, if we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, he will do amazing things in terms of infusing us given us the power to demolish these false arguments. And there's so many out there. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5. It says, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come, from, uh, come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with the high iron. They forbid people to marry. This is what, and I love this. Paul is, uh, uh, to Timothy is unpacking uh, or giving examples of what he's talking about. Right? He starts off in the generality. He said in later times, some, it doesn't say who, uh, but some will, will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things by demons. Right? So Paul says the, the, the one behind it is, is Satan himself through his demons. Um, they are going to be trying to deceive people. 
in the last days. And he says such teachings come through hypocritical liars, right? They're hypocrites. And then whose consciences have been seared as with the hot iron. Uh, they forbid people to marry. That, that's the first thing. Um, they forbid people to marry. So uh, when we run into individuals uh, who talk negative about marriage and why you shouldn't marry, that's a sign. And order them to abstain from certain foods. And then you have people uh, uh, that say if you, if you eat this uh, food, then you have an advantage over another human. If you eat that food, then you are better than someone else. And, and, and the Bible is saying, uh, do not call unclean what God has made. And so righteousness is not based on the food. Righteousness is based on the circumcision of the heart. Again, that's a bad teaching, right? The uh, Judaizers uh, had a, a false doctrine. They were heret- heret- heretical teachers in the sense that they promoted uh, that if you, if you uh, followed this religious custom, then that made you righteous. And the Bible says, no, that's, that's false teachings. That's bad teaching. That's heresy. Um, being saved or being righteous is centered on accepting Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, not based on a religious custom. Now, which God created to be received with thanksgiving. See what Paul is saying? He said they, they forbade people to marry. That's number one. That's one sign of, of heresy. People that um, have called um, wrong what's right. Marriage is a good thing. But there are people who talk down on marriage. And so Paul was dealing with something even in the first century. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods. And these same people were ordering people to stay away from certain food. So that sounds like a cult. A cult um, is a group that's headed by one person or um, an organization, uh, structures of leaders, who basically tell their followers uh, when to get up, when to go to sleep, what to wear, um, uh, how to brush your teeth, and uh, who they can be friends with, and um, uh, where they should go. So they have a manipulative control over their followers in their everyday lives. So that's what uh, Paul is talking about, is this, is this uh, false religious cult that's telling people not to marry and ordering them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be, to be received with thanksgiving. So Paul is saying, um, it's okay to marry. You should marry. God has condoned marriage. Um, and then uh, it's okay to eat certain foods with thanksgiving, right? It's okay. The things that uh, religiously uh, kept you under bondage or in bondage, God has liberated you from. So um, it's okay to give thanks and to eat. And so for everything, this is Paul talking, for everything God created is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. I know in the past I've heard uh, people make statements that were blatantly contrary to the will of God. There are people who refuse to have children based on uh, false narratives. There are people who refuse to marry based on false narratives, based on uh, human reasoning. Uh, There are people 
who choose to not show fidelity in their marriage based on false narratives. There are people uh, who don't mind telling white lies, as they call it, based on false narratives. So all through our existence, all around us, there are individuals outside the church and sadly even inside the church who have grown up with false teachings that are blatantly contrary to the will of God. And what happens is when these individuals are under these false teachings, it ultimately hurts them. This is why it's important. And if you subscribe to a false teaching, you will be hurt eventually. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is any type of walk that is outside biblical doctrine is a tainted walk. It is a subpar walk. The standard is God's standard, not human standards. And the devil is so savvy that he'll use God's word and twist it up just so he can keep you under bondage. So we have to be careful. We have to know uh, why we believe, and then we have to know what we believe. And if you missed that series, go back to our website and uh, listen to the series on Know What You Believe. So again, heresy is not a good thing. Heresy has hurt many people uh, since the gospel was given to us. And so the teachings of God is paramount. We have to know what God's word is saying. We can't play around with God's word. We have to be serious about God's word. And we have to preserve the teachings of God's word. This is what we talked about when we talk about doctrine. We, is, the, is the preservation of God's word. And we have to make sure that we're doing our part in preserving God's word. But in order to preserve it, we have to know it. Uh, in order to know it, we have to read it. And when we read it, we also have to study it. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. It says, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instructions of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil, suspicions. Now, that's powerful. That's powerful. And, and, and Paul is, of course, speaking to Timothy, but what he's saying is prescriptive, not just descriptive. And those uh, two descriptions are, uh, are words that I talk about during our workshops. The difference between descriptive versus prescriptive is part of hermeneutics. Descriptive meaning that um, the Bible is describing an event that's just a one-time event. It's not meant to be duplicated. So an event like Moses parting the Red Sea, uh, when the Bible talks about that, that's descriptive. Uh, Jordan, uh, uh, I mean Joshua uh, through the Jordan River is descriptive. It's a one-time event. It's not intended to be duplicated. The apostle healing people by handkerchiefs, that is a one-time event. It's not intended to be duplicated, meaning that it's not binding upon all Christians to be able to emulate what they did. That was the power of God for that instance, for those people. And can God do it again? Yes, he can do it again, but it's not a prescriptive event or narrative 
meaning that all Christians are supposed to be able to uh, be used by God to uh, go down to the river and part the, uh, uh, the, the river or part the sea. Uh, God did that through Moses for a reason. God did that through Joshua for a reason. So uh, we need to know the difference between descriptive versus prescriptive text. So 1 Timothy 6, 3, uh, 3 through 4, again, if anyone teaches otherwise, right, and does not agree to the sound instructions, otherwise meaning what he said in the pre- uh, preceding text, verses 1 through 2, and, you, and if they don't agree to the sound instruction, and that word sound, who gaze, means healthy. So if they don't agree to the healthy instructions of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the godly teaching, they are conceited. They're conceited and understand nothing. So when we have individuals um, that teach a contrary doctrine, they are ignorant. That's what verse 4 is saying. They are conceited and understand nothing, meaning they're ignorant. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies. These type of people, uh, Paul is saying, have an unhealthy interest in controversies. So when people teach false doctrine or heresy, they have an unhealthy interest in controversies. That's what happens when, when, when we have a settled church doctrine and someone comes and says, well, uh, I'm talking about church people. They say um, the Trinity is not biblical. It's not biblical. There's an individual, um, I'm, I don't know his church affiliation, but he claims to be a Christian and he goes around uh, calling people just to challenge them about the invalidity of the Trinity. So he basically doesn't believe in the Trinity. Uh, but yet he claims he's a believer, and he goes around challenging Christians about why he believes that the Trinity is not biblical. And I've had an uh, opportunity to share with this individual, but his whole objective is to win an argument. His whole objective is uh, to try to twist the scriptures to prove his point. Now, in him doing that, what he's doing is, 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 is if he was inside of a church, that would bring about controversies. That would bring about quarrels, not for the sake of enlightenment, not for the sake of edification, but for the sake of trying to win an argument, for the sake of trying to prove something, even though it's not biblical, he's trying to prove his point. So heresies are dangerous. And it must be stamped out inside the church. We can't flirt with it. We must deal with it and get rid of it as soon as possible because unchecked heresies or unvetted heresies will grow and it would poison the uh, heart of the church, whatever church you're in. And we'll talk more about it, but just be careful when we talk about Jim Jones and Guyana and, and, and Jonestown, when we talk about um, uh, David Karish, uh, 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 David Koresh and the Branch Davidians, when we talk about those type of groups, it ended in people losing their lives because of heresy. So we'll continue, and we thank you for listening to us. But again, don't forget uh, the Apologetics Boot Camp on April 30th. Adults and Christian students are invited to be part of the Apologetics Boot Camp, and we're looking forward to your presence. We thank you all for your prayers, and if you'd like to give, just go to srministries.org. We exist because of people like you. Uh, Please support, and don't punt this opportunity. Uh, We we need your assistance. Now, remember, to continue to do for the truth what so many people 
do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Now in his shows, he would say, that Pat Boone, he's so religious. I shook hands with that boy the other day. My whole right side sobered up. <laughs> and and I would repeat that in my act, and I said, you know, it did. And then I'd go ahead and sing my song. Pat Boone shares some of his incredible life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.